We have two dogs in our home. Aria is a two-year-old puppy who definitely needs help with her portions. And Nala is a 10-year-old dog who is living a great life and we want to keep feeding her well so she can hang in there with us for a lot longer. The farmer's dog makes it easy to keep them healthy, which can give you more quality years with them. The farmer's dog makes and delivers fresh, healthy dog food. It's recommended by vets, nutritionally balanced and made from human-grade ingredients in safe, clean kitchens. It's the best option for dogs at all life stages. It doesn't matter if your dog is young or old. It's always the right time to begin investing in their health, helping you live more healthy, happy, and full years together. You can get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash vanished. Let the farmer's dog know we sent you. Use our code or click podcast after you sign up for your first box. I think given what we've heard in this case, you would start with the mine shafts. Now that said, my understanding is that's going to be an incredibly difficult place to search. That's Tad Tobias, the nobody guy. No one seems to say, oh yeah, she liked to go and explore the mine shafts. You know, she was a spelunker or whatever you call it. No one said that about her. It is just easier to dispose of a body in a rural location or a remote location. You need to really look at your suspect and say, was this suspect a hunter? Was he someone who spent a lot of time in the woods? Was he someone who was familiar with these mines because he grew up in this area? Those are the things you need to look at and then focus your search that way by looking at where your defendant or your suspect is familiar with. In this case, I think it's going to be difficult because searching a mine shaft is physically dangerous and difficult to figure out where to go. Now, a mine shaft is a little bit different because you don't really have to bury it. You can just put it there. It would not be as exposed to the elements. It would not be exposed to temperature or animals, possibly. Um, so it's not a bad place to dispose of a body. But the flip side is we're you know, a little over two years out. There may be more remains that are more easily found because of the temperature in Colorado. Colder temperatures are better for bodies because the decomposition doesn't happen as quickly. Burning is pretty low on the list because it is actually enormously difficult to burn a body. You need a temperature several hundred, if not thousand degrees Fahrenheit. It's got to be a very, very high temperature to completely incinerate a body. Even a crematorium, when a body is professionally incinerated for cremation, there are still body parts left behind, bones, teeth, things like that. It's very difficult to dispose of a body that way. It's equally difficult with chemicals because you're not going to have a complete eradication of the body through these chemicals. It would seem to me that the evidence in this case seems to point more towards mine shaft. But I also think it's physically difficult because I think it's dangerous to do that in a mine shaft. So you'd probably have to have people who are experienced going into these types of mine shafts and searching those areas. You could certainly do just general searches of the area, but if you have some sense that this happened in a mine shaft, I don't know how helpful it is in this case to say, let's do a bunch of searches in you know, fields and woods, streams and areas in the mountains. If the focus here and the evidence seems to point to a mine shaft as a likely place of disposal. Dude. Dude. Dude.
Centerfoot TV in Atlanta. This is Up and Vanished. I'm your host, Payne Lindsay. When I was working patrol, I, I would run down fugitives. Rapists, murderers, cop killers, all of that. Probably the most nervous I was on a case was a cop killing case. And that was like the highest high that you could ever be on. I, I don't want to say I wasn't scared. It really, it was more of an adrenaline rush. This woman reported somebody, she felt like somebody was looking inside her house. So they called me, we went to her house and the dog stopped at the back of her house, at every window, he stopped and paused. He went to the next window, stopped and paused. And then we went around, and there were some woods at the front part of her house, but it wrapped around kind of the side of her house. And when we tracked there, the dog stopped and started circling around. And I said, we're in the guy's scent pool. It's right here. We found exactly where he had been laying in the grass. It was a perfect outline of him laying prone. And I said, he's right here. The dog tracked where he had been laying down and hiding out, but he had just killed two cops. He had nothing to lose. He had nothing to lose to kill me and the dog and the officers with me. Anyway, we caught the guy. I've never trained a dog to bite people. Their job is to find them. Our job is to apprehend or help. I've never had a dog hurt or killed uh, in the line of duty as far as chasing somebody. My name is Tracy Sargent. Uh, A lot of folks call me Trace, but I do go by either Tracy or Trace. Many, many years ago, I didn't have a dog because my life was pretty crazy with work and school and just everything going on, but I wanted to get a dog and do something. So I did some research and I discovered that the German Shepherd was like the perfect match for me. Found a breeder, had this adorable litter of 10 or 12 little puppies and the first one that comes running to me I'm like oh my gosh I'm in love this is it you know I'm gonna take you home and that's what I did mind you and I'm not exaggerating about this we did have family pets when I was growing up but we never went through any training or anything like that I truly didn't know what end of this dog barked I mean that's how totally dumb and stupid and naive I was about all this I have this little puppy, what do I do with it? I take it to classes, because I don't know what to do with it. Well, fate stepped in. I was in my bed reading a Reader's Digest, and I came across an article, and I still have this article today. It was a woman with a German Shepherd that found a missing three-year-old boy, and I thought, well, doggone it, if she can do it, I can do it too. That literally started the entire 180-degree change of my life. I started making some phone calls, doing some research, da da da, and I thought, oh my gosh, what if I find somebody and they're hurt? I don't know how to take care of them, so that's when I became an EMT. Well, I don't know anything about a radio, I don't know how to operate a radio, so that's when I became a ham radio operator. I started hanging out with the firefighters and police officers and emergency management officials and da da da, and I was like, y'all do this for a living? How much fun is this? This is what I'm supposed to do with my life. From there, I became a firefighter, and I became a police officer, an emergency manager. It led other avenues to go overseas and do special ops work, and here I am today in Colorado with you good folks. And the keystone to all of that has always been the dogs. 
No matter where I was in the world and what I was doing or what I was pursuing, the dog was always the keystone. It really combined the three loves of my life was that I love being outdoors, I love helping people, and I love working with animals. I work with some of these families and I, I just see, I just look in their eyes and I think, how in the world is this family going to survive this? That really inspires me and has inspired me for years is that I'm going to do everything I can to help these families through this darkness that no families expect that they're going to be in. No family expects to wake up one morning and think, oh, Crystal's going to be gone today, so I need to prepare myself for that. Chance is an eight-year-old lab mix. His name actually has a meaning. He was rescued about four months old from a high kill shelter in Georgia. A friend of mine had rescued him because he was cute. She contacted me and she said, this puppy seems really strange and different. Can you come and take a look at him? So I did, and not that I was looking for any other working dogs of my own, because I already had two, so I evaluated. It's like, yeah, he is a special dog. He really needs to go to a working home. So my plan initially was to take him home, train him, and then give him to another search team. But I spent five minutes with him and said, no, you're not going anywhere. You're staying right here. He's an amazing dog. He's, uh, his mom, we know, was a chocolate lab. He's got the golden wheat color, but he's got the gold eyes and the pink nose of a Beesla or a Wamariner. He makes me feel like I could walk on water. He's one of those dogs that look up at you and just think you are just the greatest thing in the world. But he's a very hard worker. He's got great work ethic. He's got that really great mix of the light-footedness and agility of a lab, but the work ethic of a German Shepherd and he absolutely has been a great, great partner, and we've literally been around the world. Chance technically is called a human remains detection dog. Many people know them as cadaver dogs, which, of course, he does find cadavers as well. But it should be based upon not just finding a cadaver or, quote, where somebody died. It really is the full spectrum of all the human remains from a full-size body to bones and everything in between. I want to clarify that any time a human remains detection dog alerts or indicates to us that, hey, I smell human remains scent in this area, we cannot automatically assume somebody died here. We can't automatically assume that Crystal died there. The dog checks an area, they alert, indicate to something. We then, as the human part of that investigative team, has to come in and say, why did the dog alert here? Is it something that has nothing to do with the case? It could be a mechanic that cut his hand working on a car. Has nothing to do with this, totally innocent. Or it could be that's where they hit her in the head and she bled there and they picked her up and moved her. When these dogs respond, they tell us a very important part of the picture, but they can't tell us the whole picture. Scent is really like a living organism. Sun affects it, wet weather, dry weather, there's a lot of things that do affect it. So for example, we may search in the morning and the scent conditions may be pretty good, but he's picking up something, some hints of something. It's like, hey, I wanna go back after lunch and recheck it because the scent picture and scent conditions probably have changed. So he may be able to pick it up even more. They do an amazing job, and my job is to get him in a situation where it increases the odds that if there is scent there, that he will pick it up, and he will be able to pinpoint where that is and tell us, hey, 
I have found something here that smells like human remains scent. The best way I can describe it, somebody gets a piece of steak out of a freezer, okay? You put it on a countertop. It doesn't smell anything. When you open up a freezer, you don't smell all that meat in there. It's frozen. But when you put it on the countertop and you let it sit there for a couple of days, you're going to start smelling it. With all due respect, that is a body. A frozen body does not give off very much scent. It's one of those tightrope kind of things that we have to balance out. We want the cooler weather, we want the moist weather, but we don't want frozen weather. He's an experienced dog, so I let him do his thing and I really try to stay out of that equation and not interfere. So I'm gonna let him work it out as long as he needs to. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's Journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Warmer, sunnier days are coming. You can fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for the summer, thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon, and keep the kitchen time to a minimum. Factor meals are ready to go in two minutes. So no shopping, no prepping, no cooking or cleaning up. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Head to factormeals.com slash UAV50 and use the code UAV50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code UAV50 at factormeals.com slash UAV50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. It's really quick. The scent's either there or it's not there. A lot of it has to do with the size of the body, 
the condition of the body, was it traumatized in any way? Was it, for lack of better words or with all respect, was it damaged in any way? How long the body was there? Was it long enough where we have cadaver fluids that are coming out of the body that are absorbing into the ground and or the cadaver scent that is being absorbed into the vegetation? I'm not only just looking for the scent, I'm looking for what we call a COB, his change of behavior. His trained alert is a sit. Most people will see it's like, oh, he's acting strange. He's acting different. That's the response we typically get for people that have either never seen him work or have never seen a search dog work. I've worked with him long enough to understand and know his change of behavior, his body language. I'm actually looking more for that. We are right now by this huge water tower and we're in a white Xterra. We're looking at three different mines up here, one straight down and two holes. And we're working our way up that road to the dead end. There's a whole bunch of mines just off that road. You won't miss us. My team and I tagged up with Chris Holsney out in the Baca. We brought Tracy with us. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. Glad you found us. There's two things. There are probably about 10 that we didn't actually look at because they were in such remote locations that we figured there'd be no way anybody could drag a body that far. Chris came equipped with a comprehensive digital map of all the mine locations. So we've hiked 20 or 30 miles probably. We're trying to identify the ones that you can get to with a road and be able to carry something maybe up to a quarter mile. If it's at the top of this hill, no one's going to do that. No, no way. We, we can mark them off because we, we hiked and hiked and hiked to make sure that happened. It's interesting. A lot of them are, are gated off. A few of the gates are new, so now you don't know, right, because it's been a few years. And there are others that are vandalized and open. Used a remote control car with a camera down around corners, done a lot of crawling. We have a, a cable light that like a plumber uses that we're stringing down smaller places. We're just checking places off so that the cops don't have to look. But these mines are plenty big to get into. And so if you wanted to be deliberate, and again, that's just the rumor, I would say seven or eight of these were definitely the kind of places that you could do that. Our database just shows mines that the state Colorado Human Services Department, their mining reclamation division. Their inspectors come out to close a mine opening. They do an inspection and make sure that it's closed, that you can't get in there. And so we got that database, and they should all be closed. None of these should be open, but that's not the case. Some are. We've been very lucky in that the private property so far, we've gone and asked the owners and told them what we're doing. They know all about the case, and they're glad to let us go look. Drink a lot of water. This is 85, 8600 up here. You'll get a headache quick. Hi, Chris. I'm Trace. Hi, nice to meet you. This is Chance. So you have a mine here? Yeah. I mean, we can't. There's a grate on the top, and then there's a hole in the side that we could shimmy through. It goes back there a little ways, and we can't see the end. It would be a test. Well, he is trained in disaster work, so he's been in confined areas and top of debris and things like that. So, uh, we'll see. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Definitely. Okay, sure. 
As Chris and his team searched the mines, they also gauged the feasibility as a disposal site. He led Tracy and Chance to the entrance of numerous mine shafts to see if Chance might indicate on anything. We have a small opening. If there's anything in there, the scent actually is coming through that hole directly out here. It's like a tunnel. So technically, we don't have to put the dog in that hole for him to detect any scent. For him to check that hole is really all we need because it's a contained area. If someone or is in, if there's any human remains scent in that area, the scent is going to come straight out of here. Okay, perfect. Because although it feels cold to us, it's warmer out here than it is in the hole. Scent travels to heat. It's going to be attracted and pulled toward heat. So again, anything in that hole, the scent is going to be pulled outside to this area. We need him to check it, and I can tell you right now there's nothing in there. Just for him just smelling that right there. Can't. Rain is somewhat steep, but it's not something that we have to, you know, climb up, you know, all the time. And um, my experience has been that dogs don't have the altitude issues or challenges like we do. He, of course, being in Georgia, the highest elevation is 4,000, approximately 4,000 feet. We're now 8,000. And as you can see, he's not affected by it at all. Get up there, Chris. Is it up there? Chris, which is this one you were thinking of? I'm about 10 feet from it, so I'm guessing it's this right here. This is the drum circle. The locations we saw were possible to get to, but in my mind, they're still fairly treacherous. We, of course, want to exhaust all areas of where crystal might be, turn over any rock and every rock of any possibility. Chance hunt. They were either uphill or downhill on steep inclines. Difficult places to drag a body. Yeah, nothing. Fox 31 problem solvers ventured into the cold, windswept mountains surrounding Cresta. We drove over incredibly rough terrain and scrambled mile after mile, crawling through dozens of open shafts, most of which have never been searched by police. While Fox 31 was searching mines, a crew from the popular national podcast Up and Vanished showed up as well, also hunting for new clues as to Reisinger's whereabouts. They brought a search and rescue cadaver dog to check out the last place Reisinger was seen alive in July of 2016, a remote stretch of sand. By the end of Chris Halsney's search, his team had ruled out a ton of locations. And they also came away with a pretty unusual photograph. Show that picture. We're going to do a piece in a couple of weeks. I'm going to end my piece with this. But he went up there to the mine, and he was waiting for us. He took a picture down the hole of the mine. And this is what came out. What? No way. Yep. No way. That's me holding the camera above my head to shoot down into the hole. 
It was a picture that looked like an angel, an optical illusion, but it held more significance to the people closest to Crystal. To her loved ones, it meant Crystal's spirit was still there. This is Debbie, Rodney's wife. Sylvia, Eli's mom, the first thing she said was, it's a phoenix. She didn't even have to think about it. And after she said that, we all went, yes, that's exactly what it is. It's so obvious. But Phoenix had big meaning for Crystal, you know, rebirth, coming back to life, stuff like that. And it meant so much to her that she gave Kasha that for her middle name. For that shape to appear there mysteriously, it just gives me goosebumps. You know, Amy and I believe in all the signs and spiritual type stuff. So another person might say, it's just a tree or whatever, you know. But to us, that means something. Either she is there or she's trying to tell us something. We take it as a sign that it's crystal. What she's telling us is up for interpretation. But to us, that just means she's there. Hey, it's Payne. I want to share a message from our sponsor, Spot Pet Insurance. Sometimes unexpected vet bills can hit hard when we least expect them. And if life throws you a curveball and your beloved pet needs urgent medical attention, the vet bills can start piling up. Enter Spot Pet Insurance, the ally you never knew you needed. Spot Pet Insurance plans can offer up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, providing a safety net when the unexpected occurs. Life can be unpredictable. And so are the needs of our furry companions. Spot Pet Insurance understands that. With Spot, you can focus on the things that matter, knowing that your pet has coverage to help protect your wallet from those unexpected vet bills. Spot Pet Insurance plans don't just offer coverage for unexpected accidents and illnesses. You can add their preventative care benefit to your plan, ensuring that routine wellness, vaccines, and more can all be covered too. It's a shield against the unexpected. If you have a pet, consider Spot Pet Insurance. Because having the right resources at the right time can make all the difference. Just go to spotpet.com. Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com slash sample dash policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. 
Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. We spoke to Crystal's aunt, Jennifer, probably Crystal's closest biological family member. I'm the aunt that um, she came out to live with. I mean, my sister, she was a teenage mom. When she was young. My niece, throughout her entire childhood, always went back to my mom. My mom passed away, and then she stayed off and on with me, like, her whole childhood. Phoenix was always, you know, her grandma was there, her mom was there, my sister and my mom. And she would come and live with me in California when she was four. She lived with me in Miami. Oh, I moved to Colorado. <laughs> she lived with me. She was in eighth grade. And then she would go back home. And basically after my mom passed away, it was really hard for her. She was 15 when she became a ward of the state. She came to live with me when she was 16. It was different. Crystal and I were like 13 years apart. I mean, I remember when she was born, I slept in the same room with her mom and her. Different kind of relationship. Loved her so much. Colorado is like one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. You can breathe in the crisp, cool air and hike in, in the mountains and you know ride your bike for 12 miles. <laughs> it was amazing. Amazing place to be. one point I never thought I would leave. You know, it got super expensive. And I, you know, I was a single parent too. I thought maybe if she came to Texas that I could help her. And she said, you know, Colorado's beautiful, Elijah's there, you know, he's a good dad for Akasha. And I wasn't gonna you know, convince her otherwise. Wasn't going to try to talk her out of what made her happy. Like, we would talk all the time, still. Like, we always talked. Basically, no matter what, like, she's called me since she was three years old. Like, every birthday, and I would call her every birthday. We talked, like, often. We always have. Like, she calls me on my birthday every year. And when she didn't call me for my birthday, it was odd. It's something she would never have missed. And I knew something was wrong. 
you know, instantly, because it didn't matter, no matter what, no matter what was going on. I mean, she would always call me. That's when I reached out to her ex-boyfriend, because I knew who he was, because she told me who he was, and asked, you know, where is she? I mean, I can tell you right now, because my birthday is on the 19th, that whatever happened to her was before that day. And she really wasn't sure who. She thought that somebody roofied her and raped her. I think there was like three guys she was hanging out with around then. Like, I don't want to sit there and accuse anybody. They didn't do anything, but it still is. Just something just doesn't seem right. There's one episode left this season, and this story is far from over. Jerry Garcia Band. They had a friend named Catfish John. They wrote a song about it. When he passed, they passed the name on to me. Because they could see that I could get along with everybody. Like a catfish. Next time on Up and Vanished. Next Monday, November 19th, will be a Q&A episode. So give us a call. The number is 404 410 0911. Again, 404 410 0911. Episode 12 will come out on Monday, November 26th. And don't forget, this Sunday, November 18th, is the premiere of the Up and Vanished TV show at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Oxygen. Thanks, guys. I'll see you soon. Vanished is an investigative podcast told weekly, produced for Tenderfoot TV by Payne Lindsay, Mike Rooney, and me, Meredith Stedman, with new episodes every Monday. Executive producers Payne Lindsay and Donald Albright. Additional production by Resonate Recordings, as well as Mason Lindsay, Rob Ricotta, and Christina Dana. Our intern is Hallie Bidal. Original score by Makeup and Vanity Set. Our theme song is Ophelia, performed by Ezra Rose. Our cover art is by Trevor Eiler. Special thanks to the team at Cadence 13. Visit us on social media via at Up and Vanished, or you can visit our website, upandvanished.com, where you can join in on our discussion board. If you're enjoying Up and Vanished, tell a friend, family member, or coworker about it. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>